Hello, everyone. Welcome to the One Flesh Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The One Flesh Podcast is all about marriage. The goal is to help young men find a girlfriend and make her their wife and build a marriage worth having. We do that alongside the Sunday series of the Purpose Podcast, where the goal is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. So give a little baby update. Uh, we've been very blessed with gifts. Um, very thankful. A lot of the big stuff that we were kind of worried about having to buy has already been bought, and that is very, very nice. Um, eases my mind a little bit. I know it eases DLN's mind, gives her uh, something to look forward to. We broke open the stroller last weekend, and uh, it's a boat, but it's a double double stroller, and it's going to be really, really cool. Um, going to be really useful for her. So uh, that's very nice. Um, some of the advice <laughs> that I was complaining about, uh, has slowed down a little bit. Most people have been, uh, more positive, um, this past week. Maybe that's a prayer answered or something. Maybe I'm just looking for the positivity a little bit more, but, um, I've actually had like four or five positive encounters. So, um, I'll take a little bit of ownership. Maybe I was the one that was so negative last time. Um, I still catch a little bit of the negativity, but, um, much better to have, positive comments and positive advice uh in this time because it makes everybody feel better and i don't want to be negative about baby um i don't want to hear negative things about baby so when i hear positive things that's good uh we have an appointment at the end of the week we're going to find out some more stuff about dlen and see how that's going to work out with her and then uh keep chugging along so everything's going really well uh, nursery stuff kind of slowed down a little bit we've got to get all of DLN's crap out of there uh, and then all of the baby stuff in there I've kind of left that to her <laughs> for a little bit so I'm sure sometime around February I'll step in but um, everything is looking good right about now so nothing much on the baby stuff this might be another uh, quick episode but um, one thing I really wanted to talk about and it's something that I'm going to address uh, on Sunday as well is this idea of rhythm. Now, last Sunday, I touched on what did I touch on last Sunday? Oh, discipline equals freedom. And I talked about how the the idea of how you do one thing is how you do everything. Um, but there should be some sort of rhythm in your life. And that's going to be the theme here. I got this idea from Chris Voss on an episode of the Huberman Lab podcast talking with Andrew Huberman. Uh, you know, Andrew was like, how do you how do you balance it all? Because Chris Voss was a, an interrogator and he has a lot going on in his life, obviously, or used to at the very least. I'm sure he still does. But um, how do you balance like hostage negotiations and then go home to your wife um, and all the long hours and stuff like that? And he said, well, there's never really any balance. There's rhythm. Um Andy Frazella goes a little hard in the paint on that too. Um, Tori says there is no balance for like 20, 20 years. There is no balance. Maybe it balances out eventually, but you go all in for like 20 years or something like that. And Chris, basically what he was saying is you have a rhythm, um, whether it's balanced or not time wise or effort wise at the very least, there's a rhythm and that's what keeps things in check. You know, he was talking about maybe having to be at work or travel for work. And, uh, the most important thing not being like, oh yeah, you spend, cause he, he, I think he does speeches and stuff. So it's like, yeah, there's three weeks that you're away from your family, but the one week that you're back, you're not going to miss it. And you're going to be very intentional. So even though it looks like there's no balance between family 
and work and there may not be for a couple of years um it's three to one as, as far as weeks go as far as time goes it's three to one but with intentionality and the rhythm uh, they still know that they're important as in you never miss that week and that week is always extremely intentional you never do any work during that week um that's rhythm and so i want to talk about that in the context of a marriage specifically because it can be tough um it can be very tough because not only do you have to deal with your own rhythm and get your own life in order it's not like it's not like going to work and having a quote unquote work life balance and uh having to deal you know deal with that with your coworkers um because you don't really have to balance their rhythm you do and you don't you know if your coworkers picking up you know slacking off a little bit you have to cover and move um you have to pick up some of their slack but it's not nearly like what it is with your spouse um and so there is a, a rhythm at work but at home it's it's incredibly more difficult to to find that rhythm and to create quote unquote balance uh and i think balance is just not achievable it, one way that i've heard it said which i think not that it was poorly said but i think rhythm is a much better way to put it is uh order of man used to say uh what is that ryan mickler um he used to say balance is a verb as in you're constantly trying to balance uh i think that's kind of an out um not to attack Ryan. I mean, he he's right, but a much better way to put that is that there is rhythm. You need to find not necessarily a balance, but a rhythm. And I think rhythm is much easier to achieve than balance, uh, depending on your definition of those. Um, so I want to walk through this and maybe now that I'm actually sitting here, um, I'll put some of this down on paper if I can find me a pen. Um, so let's see. We have balance between... Let's do balance. I'll write it down here. Time, money, effort, and then what was the last one? Not attention, balance. Let's go time, money, effort. What else was I going to say? Um, time, money, and effort. Maybe that's all there is. Okay. I thought I was going to do something else, but we'll, uh, we'll go with that until I think of it. Um, oh, priorities. Okay. So in my idea, in, in my brain, um, th- when you go to do something, you're, when you have something in your life that you are responsible for, it's going to take some level of time, money, effort, and priority. It has to fall in line with those. Those are kind of, those are what you can give to the things that you do. You can either give it time, you can either give it money, you can give it effort, or you can make it a priority. And some of those are, are great, like some of those are mixed, like um, maybe your priority decides how much time, money, and effort you spend on it. Um, or maybe it takes very, very little time, very, very little money, very, very little effort, uh, but it's a priority, meaning that when it does come up, it absolutely has to be handled first. So that's kind of the way that I picture balance. Um, a lot of people think that balance uh, means, and, and to a lot of people, that is what balance means. And that's why then, sorry, I'm rambling. To a lot of people, balance means that anything that you do is equally split between one, two, three, four of these. So it's equally split between time, between money, between effort and priority. Uh, that's what balance means to a lot of people. And that's why they almost never achieve it. 
um well it's it, it's it's it, it to me it's impossible to achieve um can you yeah no not really uh because some things take more time but they take l- less effort uh some things take a lot of money but they take very little time um you know purchasing your car insurance <laughs> takes very little money but it takes time or it takes very little time but it takes money um you get where i'm going with this a lot of people uh time is probably the biggest one they think that they need to be spending equal time. They get very frustrated because they have to spend 40 hours a week at work, but maybe they're only spending four hours a week with their kid. Um, what I'm saying here is that you need to, number one, establish a rhythm, and number two, understand that balance doesn't mean that they get an equal share of all four of these, I guess, how would you say it, modulators or variables, um, but maybe they get all of these workouts like a hundred percent or um, they get assigned a heavier weight of time, money, effort, or priority. So let me, an example um, with your kid, let's say work, you have a really demanding job and there is, you know, 60 hours a week um, you're working. Well, uh, hopefully you're making a lot of money. So you have a little bit more money that you can buy your time back. uh, And the rest of that time is spent with your kid. So let's say you're working 60 hours a week at your job and you're only able to spend like 20 hours of the week with, with your kid between bedtime and and the hours that you work and your food and working out and all that stuff. You're only able to spend 12 hours a week with your kid. Well, I can tell you right now that uh, maybe you're not able to give equal time to your child. You're not able to give him 60 hours a week, uh, but you can make it a priority. Uh, You can give maximum effort and then you can use money to buy that to buy that time you can pay somebody to mow your lawn instead of you having to do it for you uh you can pay somebody to do your meal prep instead of you having to do it for yourself uh you can pay somebody to fix your vehicle or maybe you know you gotta whatever you fix your vehicle with your son but if if your son has a game and you need to fix the vehicle and it's a matter of you going to the game and not being able to fix the vehicle uh you pay somebody to fix the vehicle you get where i'm going with this um priority is a big one. Um, so like I said, time with your son, maybe, maybe it's 60 hours a week, but you will give up your workouts. You'll give up, uh, you know, you'll go into work really, really early. You're going to work really, really late, but that time with your son is priority a, they know that everything stops, even though it's only 12 hours, they know that everything stops. Uh, and that, that time is priority a, uh, effort. They know that, um, you know, your job, yeah, you're giving time to your job, but, uh, you put out max effort for your kid. So there's no, oh, I'm tired. Let's just watch a movie. There's no, I've worked 60 hours a week. I don't have time to go play catch. There's none of that. You're going to give max effort, uh, towards your kid. And that's where, um, that's where you make up for that lack of time. So hopefully you can kind of see the rubric that I'm building here. And we're going to relate this to, to one flesh and marriage. I related it to kids because that's where it most comes up. But I hear a lot of issues, not necessarily a lot, and, and I deal with it some um, in, in my own, but we actually do this pretty well. Uh, and again, once I'm lucky, uh, but we do this pretty well. But I hear this from a lot of my buddies of, man, it sucks because they're, they need this or they need this or they need this or I want to go do this and they get upset about it. Um, you know, my buddy wants to go to CrossFit, but, um, because he had a hard work week and 
that one extra CrossFit class that he has to make up, his wife's upset because uh, he can't spend that that time with her. Well, we're gonna we're going to establish a few different ways to deal with that. So what I've done here is I've set up this rubric for uh, balance and the ways that you how how do I how do I put this the ways that you apply. Hmm. The ways that you can show that you can care. It's not necessarily importance because that's like priority, but um, these are the ways that you that you demonstrate your care for the activities. Um, these are the ways you quote unquote balance the activities. It's not necessarily just time. It's not necessarily just money. It's not necessarily just effort. It's not necessarily just priorities. Um, it's a mix of all of those. And they don't have to be balanced across every one of those priorities. Your wife doesn't need to get 40 hours of your time for those two to be equal. I hope I hope that makes sense. And as far as what are they equal in, I don't know. Again, maybe maybe care, uh, love, whatever it might be. But for those to be equal in your balanced life equation, they don't necessarily need the same amount of time. They don't need the same amount of effort. They don't need the same priority level. And as a matter of fact, they can't have the same priority level. Um they can't at all have the same priority level. So uh, again, I'm failing a little bit to kind of set up this matrix because I'm not a very good thinker at the moment and I didn't prepare too much for this, but I think you get I think you get what I mean. I think I've laid out some pretty good examples of, of what I really mean by splitting this up between time, money, effort, and priorities uh, to show how much you care to the people around you about the things that involves them. You know, my work. Uh, my work, and if anybody's listening to this, uh, they know that will I give them time? Yes, of course. That's that's kind of the deal we've got is that they get part of my time. Uh, but they also know that my time is going, when I do give them my time, I give them max effort. Um, when they get my time, they get max effort from me. Um, but they also know that they're not priority one. Uh, my wife knows that when I'm at work, I'm going to give max effort uh, I'm going to need to give a little bit of time at work, but she's priority one. We don't miss baby appointments. We don't miss doctor's appointments. She's priority one. You get what I'm, you get what I'm saying here. Work appreciates the time. Uh, they know that when I am there, I give max effort. I give them results, um, with the time that I give them, but they know that they're not priority one. My health and fitness, my family, those are priority one. My faith, those things are priority one. That's the kind of balance that we're talking about here. It's not necessarily just time, not necessarily just money. Okay, I think I've kind of established that. So I want to go through rhythm and what that kind of looks like. Uh, number one, rhythm. Let's look up the definition of rhythm because I'm kind of struggling here and I hope that I'm making sense. Um, let's see, rhythm definition. Let's see, rhythm movement or variation characterized by the regular recurrence or alternation of different quantities or conditions. Uh, the second one is the patterned recurring alternations of contrasting elements of sound or speech. Uh, the patterning of music, musical sound as by differences in the timing, duration, or stress of consecutive notes. One thing that I want to get here is pattern, okay? Um, pattern. Now... Um, the reason that a lot of people and a lot of couples struggle to find balance is because they don't have a routine. Uh, and they, and they think that they struggle from, but number one, 
striving for balance is the wrong thing. That's what I'll put it here. You should strive for rhythm. Um, you should strive for rhythm and then you should strive for a weighted approach to all of those activities that fall within your rhythm between time, money, effort, and priorities. So you need to establish a routine or a pattern. Um, I've talked about this before, but uh, where I see a lot of couples that get very upset about this lack of balance or people in their work, quote unquote, work-life balance, they get very upset about it. Very, very few of them have an actual routine. They have a routine that they think that they want to stick to, like their kids get out of school at three o'clock every day, um, or sometimes they have practice, sometimes they don't. I understand these things are difficult. Don't think that I'm ignorant. Um, I would, you know, I could sometimes be the kid that would come home and say, oh, I've got a school project and throw everything out of whack. I get that. Um, but a lot of people, I think, fail to actually establish themselves a routine uh, at work as well. A lot of people fail to establish themselves a routine at work. They get there and it's just, what do I have to do today? And they do it. They don't have any sort of like monthly routine um, sometimes. But where I see a clear, <laughs> a clear breakdown is between the husbands and the wives to where they don't have any sort of established routine. What I mean by that is that they haven't told and communicated to their spouses, this is what the routine is going to look like. Uh, I am actually bad about this. And as we get a kid, um, we're going to need to be much better at it. And I've got a, we've got a Google calendar set up, but um, I'm kind of a very like, I, I have a routine in mind. I tell DL in very last minute. I, I plan guests coming over uh, very last minute. You know, I'll look up and it's Friday and I want to go and, and hang out with somebody and it's very last minute. Uh, we kind of know what we're going to do in a general week, but this is something that I'm going to get better at, especially with baby on the way, uh, is communicating that routine. And a lot of people don't. Um, a lot of people don't communicate any sort of routine uh, with their spouse. And that causes a breakdown in balance because it's just a constant, nobody knows what's going on. And they feel like they need time and they don't know when they're going to get it. So I'll, I'll, I'll do this. It's not really a, a spousal thing, but, um, for me example, um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a communicator, man. Like I, I like to talk to people, especially my close friends. Um, I like to talk to people. I like to have phone conversations. I like to talk about, uh, things going on. I like to communicate and especially with my friends. And so, uh, sometimes when my friends aren't as communicative, I get frustrated because it's like, dude, I'm just trying to like keep up a conversation, just trying to keep in touch. And it's very frustrating to me when my friends do not want to communicate. Well, that's not always fair because sometimes they're busy. They don't have the same communication style that I do. Uh, there's no need for me to know their routine. They're not my wife. We don't live in the same household. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, I believe that friendships need to be deeper and that in order to have deep friendships, you need to communicate. So. Um, there's this kind of dichotomy here and the way that I fixed it with one of my recent friends, or I think I fixed it, made an effort in the right direction is I said, look, um, I don't want to be frustrated with you because I haven't talked to you in two months. Um, and of course we're all, he apologized. We're all good. And I said, but I don't, I don't want to get frustrated with you. Um, because what frustrates me is I'll call you. Don't get a call back because you're busy because you don't want to talk or you don't want to communicate. You're, you're flustered. Um, so don't get a call back. We don't text very much. Um, it goes three days. I call you, you know, not even three days a week. And I call you again and don't get a call back. Uh, and I get frustrated because I'm the type that needs to communicate. 
Um, you get frustrated because you keep getting phone calls uh, when it's inconvenient and you don't want to call back. I said, so at the very least, give me a rhythm that we can stick to uh, that says, look, at the very least, I don't care if it's once a month, I know that if you honor your word, we'll have a phone call once a month. And then when I haven't heard from you in two or three weeks, I know uh, we've, got a, we've got a once a month phone call. And again, I think that, uh, yes, I over communicate, but it's, uh, it's one of those things to where I think you may under communicate a little bit. I over communicate a little bit. So you tell me your rhythm because I'm the communicator. I'll hold you to that rhythm. Uh, that may, it makes things way easier because he's committed to this. We'll find a time. Uh, you know, he said, let's do once a week. We found a time that works once a week. We've got a phone call. So now if I want to call him on a Wednesday, uh, well, that's not our phone call day. So I can call him. And if he doesn't answer, then I'm not upset about it. Cause I know we're going to talk on Sunday, you know? And if, uh, if I call him and he doesn't, and he doesn't want to talk, he says, I, I don't want to talk, dude. We got a phone call on Sunday. Cool. We're good to go. We've got a rhythm. But at the very least, it's it's I know it's high on his priority list, and we've got some sort of established cadence to where it's no longer frustrating. It's the same thing in your marriage. Uh, grocery shopping is a good one for us. Um, we don't have to coordinate grocery shopping because we do it every single Friday. This is another good thing about date night. I've, I've said this multiple times. Scott and Ellie, our friends, got this right way before we did of weekly date night. And there's a rhythm to that. And if you don't miss it, it doesn't matter if you're spending 70 hours a week at work. They know that date night is is a higher priority and they know that it's going to happen on Wednesday, every single, or, you know, Friday for grocery shopping every single week, um, every single week. And if you do have to deviate from it, um, you're stepping out of the rhythm. It's not normal. It's not normal to um, skip date night and that makes it better. So when you have to skip date night, let's say you've racked up, 10, 12 date nights in a row. And let's say that you have a big project coming up and, and this one week you either have to move or skip date night. They're going to understand because there's been 10 or 12 date nights that you've already shown up for. They know it's a priority. They know that you're willing to give effort for it. Uh, maybe you move it to another night, but regardless, they're not going to be upset with that because you've established a rhythm. And it's this idea that the exception proves the rule. Um, the exception that proves the rule. So if moving date night or skipping date night is the exception, that means there's a rule and people like rules. It makes them feel good when they, when they have assurance that they know that what they want to happen is going to happen. Um, to me, that's why rhythm is so important. And it's played, it, it's, it's played across a very major scale and a minor scale as well. You know, daily, um, Ellen knows that I'm probably either going to work out in the morning or I'm going to work out at 4:20 when I get home. Those two times are when I'm going to work out. Occasionally, it happens at a different time of the day. Occasionally, I'll get it knocked out at noon. Occasionally, I have to work late and I have to do it at five o'clock. But she knows, at the very least, that in the morning and at 4:20, I'm probably going to go work out. So the rest of that time, somewhere in between work and that, uh, or after my workout. She knows that she's going to get her time. She knows my rhythm and it plays out on a larger scale. Uh, the, the best one that I like to think of is like accountants. Um, accountants wives probably know that around tax season, they're not going to be there that often. And then accountants, if they're good accountants, uh, if, if they're smart, 
then when it's not tax season and they can afford to take time off, which is becoming harder to do, I, I talked to some accountant friends and it's becoming difficult, but um, on, a, on a broad, you know, in, in a year basis, uh, March is really heavy loaded, maybe like March and April or January to April is insane, 80 hour, 90 hour weeks. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully June to August is fine. And then when that September deadline rolls around, August to October is crazy as we're closing the financial year out. And then maybe October to December uh, is intentional and there's more time given to the family. That's what I'm talking about. And as a wife, is it is it tough for three months of the year for your husband to not be present? I'm sure it is. I hear about it all the time. Um, yeah, I'm sure it is. But at the very least, you know that come June, it'll all slow down a little bit and you'll get that time back. Um, that's why rhythm is so important and balance less so. Are you still kind of balancing? Yes and no. Um, yes and no. It can look like a perfect sine wave. If you know what a sine wave looks like, it's the, it goes up to one and then down to one, up to one, down to one. Uh, it, it goes, you know, up to one, down to negative one, up to one, down to negative one. Uh, and it's, it's this perfect balance across uh, your, what is that, x-axis. So basically it's saying if you give three months here, you give three months here, and then you give another three months, and then you give another three months. That would be like a perfect balance, just gradated across a year, divided across a year. Or maybe it's a week on, week off. I know people that do that, um, that work, they'll work seven days on, they'll take seven days off, seven days on, seven days off. That's more like a true balance. But what I'm telling you is that if you, if you properly weight them with time, money, effort, and priority, you can get away with like three weeks on, one week off. Three weeks hard hitting at work, and then one week, um, you're at home with your kids intentional. That's the kind of rhythm that we're looking for. There's a couple keys uh, to making this work. Number one is transparency. Making sure that your wife knows as soon as possible and as much as possible. Um, why do you have to work this rhythm? You know, this new thing at work, you got a new job. Why is this rhythm the way it is? Explain your job to her. Explain everything that you need to explain as to why you have to make this rhythm. Uh, if you can, let her know the longevity of this rhythm. Saying something like, I don't know how long this will last. Uh, yeah, you can say that if it's the truth, but try to put a date on it and say, I'll, I'm going to try to talk to my boss and see if this is like a permanent deal, see if this is like a six-month deal, um, how long this typically lasts in the past. Um, try to give them some sort of answer as to how long it's going to last. If it's permanent, it's permanent. Uh, but what you don't want to do is say, I don't know how long it'll last, and then leave her wondering, is, is this going to be the next 25 years or the next two weeks? Um, so full transparency. Number two, part of that transparency is you have to articulate why it's important to her. Um, why is this rhythm that maybe you're taking time away from her or you're taking money and putting it over here or you're putting your effort here, or fitness is priority number one for this amount of time, why is that important to her and the family? You have to, you have to put it in terms that she cares about. Um, I'm sorry, but she probably doesn't care about the financials at work. She cares about the financials at home, and maybe that's the terms that you have to put it in. Hey, look, if I do this, uh, there's a good chance that I get a good bonus. Um, I'm going to be working overtime so that we can get this car, we can do this, whatever it might be, but you have to put it in terms that she cares about. You can't just say, well, it is the way it is and go on with it. 
This is especially true, you know, at work, it's a little bit easier, but for things outside of work, you know, I just, I just wrapped up an eight week fitness challenge, I guess, uh, transformation challenge was first form. And it was, I mean, fitness was like DL and still priority one, you know, face family fitness. But, uh, as far as effort goes, fitness got 100%, like almost a hundred percent of my effort when I was giving time to work. Yeah, sure. But when I was home, it was like 100% effort towards nutrition, uh, nutrition and, and working out. And because of that, my effort in other areas, uh, took a hit, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't as intentional with, uh, with the standards that I hold in other places. My, the clothes in my room still look like a wreck and it's my fault. Um, but she understood that. And I had to relate it in terms as why is it's, I had to relate it to terms that are important to her. And part of that was telling her, Hey, look, if I lose all this weight right now, it's less that I have to do when baby gets here. I can maintain a little bit more than I have to worry about losing. You know, if I get to 210 by the time that the baby gets here, I can maintain that. It's still going to take work. It's still going to take nutrition. I'm not going to stop working out, but I'm not going to be in this awful cut phase where I'm working out five hours a day or whatever it is, two hours a day. Um, I can work out 45 minutes a day and I, my nutrition is going to be a little bit easier. I'm just going to have to fit it under a certain number of calories. Don't necessarily care how much my protein is. Yeah, we're going to track it. But when I'm in maintenance, it's more about calories than anything. So, um, I'm going to be more present when baby is here. Yeah, it's going to suck right now while you're doing the nursery and all that stuff. But, um, the terms that she cares about is, is this going to be happening when I just popped a baby out? The answer is no. Okay. Now she's a little bit more okay with it. And she's even supportive of it. She's going to help me lose 30, 40, 50 pounds. Um, because I've put it in terms that she cares about. If it's something that's a little bit more, that's going to last, uh, CrossFit, jujitsu, hunting, whatever it might be, you have to put it in terms that they care about. Um, why would my wife care about me hunting? Well, number one, it's something that I'm going to be able to do with our kids. If I learn how to do it now, and if I learn how to do it well, my kids are going to be able to do it. Uh, it's going to be enriching for them and enriching. It's going to be an enrichment activity for them. We're going to be able to provide our own food. Um, and it's something that, uh, it's a release, whatever it might be, um, relate it back to home. Uh, when I hunt, I actually feel like a man. It makes me more confident. Um, I feel like I can provide for y'all versus just sitting in a cubicle. It's the one way that I feel like, uh, I'm, I'm actually able to provide, uh, it is a skill regardless. Um, it is absolutely a skill. Uh, it's hard to relate, you know, apocalypse terms to, to your wife, but, <laughs> but it's a skill. Um, jujitsu, uh, I want to be able to protect myself. I want to be able to protect you. Uh, it's a, it's, it's cathartic. It's something that, uh, I get to release all this stress, all this anger that, this anxiety from work or money, financials, uh, and even our marriage, believe it or not, I get to go and I get to work out all that adrenaline uh, on the jujitsu mats or at the CrossFit gym. And that keeps me from bringing it home to you. Um, put it in terms that they care about. Okay. Put it in terms that they care about. And don't stop trying to put it into terms that they care about until you've achieved that. At the very least, you need confirmation that they understand why you're doing it. They may still have a problem with you doing it, but at the very least, you need confirmation that they, they fully understand why you're doing it. They need to say, I understand that 
you think or that you are doing this for the family or that your your intention is to do it for this reason so that you can show the kids how to do jujitsu so that you can uh you know you're doing crossfit so that you can have a body that your kids want to look up to or set a good example for your children um if they're not able to articulate that to you you haven't done a good enough job explaining it and if they don't understand why you're doing it how can you expect them to be okay when you're taking time money effort and maybe even shifting priorities that direction why would they be okay with that if you haven't explained it well? They shouldn't be okay with that. That's on you. Okay? If you haven't explained it well. They may still be upset with it, um, but at the very least, you can't expect them to be okay with it if they don't understand it. Um, if they don't understand why, you can't expect them to be okay with it. Because if they don't understand, they're looking at something that they don't get why you're doing it, and you're just taking time, money, effort, and priority away from them. That's all you're doing for something that they don't understand. Okay, of course they're not going to be super happy with that. They can still be upset if they understand it. I'm not saying that if, if they understand it, everything will be fine. They can still be upset. They say, look, I, I, I know you think that you're being a good example for our kids, uh, but you haven't said goodnight to them in three weeks. So, you know, they're not going to remember your name in two months. So that's not going to make a very good example. So they can still be upset with it, but at the very least, they need to be able to articulate why you're doing it. Uh, otherwise, you haven't explained it well enough. Um, and I think that's a, that's a good, I think that's good is if, if they are upset about it, you need to start with, with the explanation and putting it in terms that they care about until they can articulate that to you. Um, and then you need to, you need to discuss that and you need to take in their priorities, what their version of rhythm or balance looks like. And you need to meet somewhere that satisfies the both of you. If it's jujitsu, um, maybe instead of, uh, instead of one day, you know, maybe instead of four days a week, you cut it down to two really long days a week. It's Saturday and then six hours on Monday. Uh, maybe that's satisfying. Or maybe it's uh, an hour a day, every single day. If she says, if she says, yeah, you know, um, I would rather it be one hour every single day so that I know when it's going to be versus, you know, maybe two hours on a Tuesday, two hours on a Thursday, and then, you know, occasionally you might want to go hit a class on Wednesday. And then if you miss your Tuesday class, you might throw it on a Friday or on a Saturday. Uh, maybe she just needs a little bit more of a defined rhythm for that. Um, understand what rhythm looks like to them and understand where they want to put time, money, effort and priorities at. Mismatched priorities are, are essential. If If date night is priority A for them, but it's priority three for you. You need to match that up and you need to find a place for date night to where it's priority A for the both of you. Um, very rarely are they going to scale their priorities down. What you're going to have to do is find a way to to make it to where you can have it at the same level of priority. So for example, if DLN, if if grocery shopping was priority A for DLN and she only wanted to do it on Tuesdays, that would not work for me. <laughs> I mean, it just wouldn't. It wouldn't work for me. Um, maybe she's got some flexibility and that's why we do it on Fridays. Uh, but it's still going to be priority a on Fridays. That's the place that I can make it priority a, I can't make it priority a on Tuesday. So that's where you have to, I, I hesitate to say compromise, but that's where you have to negotiate and say, I understand that grocery shopping is priority a. So instead of putting it off on Tuesdays and only hitting, you know, one out of every two or, you know, only going half the weeks or something like that. Can we move this to Fridays and I'll make sure that I hit every single one. 
make it the same priority level and find a way to fit that in there. Uh, so understand their version of balance, their version of rhythm, and try to match priorities with that. Um, so to cover, I know I've said a lot of words. We are going to be transparent. We're going to communicate why the rhythm that we've designed is what we need. The routine that we've designed is what we need. We're going to do it in terms that they care about. We're going to say, hey, look, again, nobody, no, I promise your wife doesn't give a damn if you want to squat clean 225 pounds. She really doesn't care, okay, until you put it in, in, in terms of, I want our kids to know that when they have an, a when they have a goal, it takes hard work to achieve that, and that being physically fit is an important goal, and you have to put in hard work to achieve that. And I want them to see their dad throwing around heavy weight that he's worked hard to be able to do. Then she's gonna go, oh, okay, yeah, go throw around twenty, you know, two hundred twenty-five pounds. I, that's why you want to squat clean two hundred twenty-five pounds. But if you tell her, I want to squat clean 225 pounds because I want to look good in front of the boys, she's not going to give a shit. <laughs> she's not going to care. Okay? <laughs> she's just not going to care. So you're going to be transparent. Uh, what, how, why, who, when, where, all of those things. You're going to be fully transparent as to what is taking this time, why you need to do it, and you're going to put it in terms that she cares about. If you haven't done that, you cannot expect anything except unrest and upset okay you can't expect anything less if you haven't put it in terms that she understands and that she cares about you can expect nothing less than just <laughs> civil unrest riots okay in the house you you cannot expect anything less okay you may put it in terms that she cares about you may put it in and and be transparent and let her know and still get unrest um and still get unhappiness some people are just not going to be content, but it is the way it is. Um, but you can't expect anything less than that if you haven't put it in terms that she cares about and been fully transparent um, about how long is it going to take? Um, how long is the rhythm going to be like this? Um, number two, stick to what you say. Okay, stick to what you say. If you tell her that every week you're going to go on date night, do it. Okay. Probably what's happening is you're having to sacrifice time. Maybe even you're having to sacrifice money. Uh, but effort and priority level should be at the top. Okay. If date night only gets an hour of your day, it needs to be an hour of your week or three hours of your week. It needs to be priority one. And you need to go through the maximum amount of effort that you can. And you need to spend a decent chunk of money on it. It needs to be a good portion of your budget. Uh, because you, you're not able to give your time to dating your wife. You're not able to date your wife for 40 hours a week. So you need to balance that, as much as that word is tricky in this conversation, with your money, your effort, and your priorities. Okay? if If it takes you skipping your your seventh beer of the day or the week or whatever it might be not buying the bottle of whiskey or the pocket knife in order for you to give her a good date night and spend the money there that's what you need to do all right and you need to stick to it make it priority one 
um if if you know as as we as our lives get a little bit less flexible and we get a little bit more things to do and we have to routine them out i promise you on this microphone that it will be priority a if if my job comes to me with anything less than an absolute dire emergency and they want me to stay a minute past what it's going to take for me to go in to go to date night it's not going to happen i was this way with my fitness for a long time um I was this way with my fitness for a long time. And if you're from work and you're hearing this, sorry about you. It, it, I die on this hill. Okay, now the exception proves the rule. If I've racked up 10 or 12 and they call in a favor at work, maybe we make an exception. But you have to establish the rule. You have to establish the rule. And that's not to be ignorant and say every day I've got to leave by 2 p.m. No. But it's saying that every day I'm... Every Thursday is date night. I'm not going to stay a minute past five o'clock for date night. And if some, you know, butthole boss stands in front of the door and says, if you leave, you're fired, you be willing to do that. Don't throw your job away. But it, it, it is that serious. You need to hold your commitments like that to your wife. And what you'll find a lot of times is that people generally understand. Okay, work generally understands. Most people, they get it. Some jobs, maybe not but it needs to be priority A. Now, don't schedule it on Thursday night if Thursday night's a, a pain in the butt. If you know that you have to stay late for work regularly, you know, pretty regular, find a day that you don't have to do it, that you don't have to do that. Fit it in. Make it a day that you can make it a priority, but it needs to be a priority. It's something like, I don't miss kids' sports games. And tell your boss that. I don't miss. Sorry. You want me to be here at work every day? You don't like me not, you know... You don't like it when I no call no show. Well, my kid hates it like a lot more than you do. So I don't miss. Um, what I've found, I've had a lot of good jobs. I've had a lot of good managers. Uh, but what I've found is that if you establish those priorities and you stick to them and you don't give an inch, a lot of times people will respect that. So long as you're giving your effort and your time at work. When you put in maximum effort at work and you stick to those priorities, a lot of people will respect them uh, and stick to what you say. If you tell your wife that this is what our routine looks like, you stick to that. Um, if, you've, if you've got rhythm problems for your wife, uh, you stick to it. You stick to it. Again, it's okay to have an exception to the rule so long as there's a rule. And a lot of people never stick to anything long enough to make it a rule. So uh, the last thing that I'll mention, we're at 42 minutes. I think I've rambled enough. Hopefully you understand what I'm saying because I barely do. Um, uh, the last thing that I'll say is make sure that it's the real problem. Um, I find this trend in my life more and more and more and more. And I don't want to say that I'm anything special because I know I'm not because I, I know I have this issue as well. I'm just maybe able to see it a little bit quicker than others. I don't know. Um, honestly, I think it's because I'm such a negative person. I find problems very quickly. Um, it's like the it's like the silver lining of being so negative all the time is that it takes me like 0.3 seconds to spot a problem. Um if you can if you're a negative person and you figure out if you can be negative without being an ass, uh you can spot problems relatively quickly because the moment that something begins to irritate you, uh you can find the root of that problem, but you just don't have to let everybody know it. I'm I'm still poor at letting everybody know it. I I still let everybody know my problems pretty bad. Uh, and it's something that I'm working on. I'm much better than what I used to be, 
but uh, it's like the one perk of being negative is that I identify problems incredibly quickly. Uh, I don't think I'm much anything too special. But anyway, what I see a lot of times is misidentification of the problem. Almost every, every, every time when there is anger, frustration, upset, anxiety, depression, um, any sort of like negative, uh, almost any sort of catastrophe or something like that, it's a, it's a misidentification of the problem. Almost any time when people come with a solution, they'll come to me with a solution. 99% of the time, they've misidentified the problem. I do this as well. Uh, luckily, again, I'm better at catching myself than most are. Otherwise, I would it would be a disaster. Um, an example. A lot of people think that their weight is a food problem. They think that they're just not eating the right foods. False. You have a mental problem. It has almost very little to do with your foods. It has almost all to do with your self-control. It is calories in, calories out, no matter what anybody tells you. Uh, Anything that modifies your diet is going to modify calories in versus calorie out. If you're talking about holding fat, losing weight, gaining fat, losing fat, sorry, holding fat, losing fat, gaining fat, uh, excess body fat, calories in, calories out. I've never seen any sort of diet, never seen any sort of therapy or counseling that doesn't modify that equation in some way. There are a thousand different variables that you can, you can modify and that you can tweak to, to adjust that equation. Um, but I've not seen anybody, even diseases like, Oh, I have X condition. Well, that probably, it probably modifies the amount of calories that your body takes in versus the amount that you're able to exercise, uh, the amount that you're able to burn. I would guess that's how it works because it's called thermodynamics. Anyway, um, 99% of people misidentify that problem. Um, luckily I had good people around me to help identify that problem and said, you don't have a food problem. You have a mental discipline problem. 99% of people, when they come up with a, when they find a problem and even when they think that they found a solution, they haven't found the real problem. Uh, this happens in the balance slash rhythm equation all the time. It happened with me and my wife just recently. Uh, again, I've been going very hard for eight weeks, very hard. My wife has had to pick up a lot of slack around the house. Yes. My pregnant wife has had to pick up a lot of slack around the house so that I can work out. Call me names. Um, it's fine, but it's the way it is. Uh, I put it in terms that she can understand that she cares about. I've been transparent, done all the things and we're cool. But one day she kind of broke and she was very, very upset about all the extra stuff that I've been doing, about all the ways that she's had to help, um, all of this stuff. And immediately I went into like solution mode of like, well, I told you this was going to be like this. I was very transparent. I put it in terms that you care about. Uh, I even was like, what do I need to take from you? Like, how can I cover and move? Because I have been putting a lot on you and I've been, I've been very proud about the amount that you've been taking, but I've also been probably taking advantage of it. What can I do for you? Can I do an extra set of dishes? Do you want me to do the laundry? Like, what do I need to take back that you've been doing? Do I need to make my own protein shakes? What, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Uh, misidentification of the problem right off the rip. Uh, should have been asking questions. Ask more questions. Ask more questions. Once we finally got down to it, she was much less concerned about what her day actually looked like. And she was far more concerned about how she was going to keep up 
with her day when baby got there. She was very worried about how she was going to keep up with the house and all of this stuff uh, when baby got here. And it was almost like she completely forgot that she has the ability to not have to keep a job while baby's going to be here. Uh, and, and to be fair, there's a lot of nervousness. I'm, I'm worried about how I'm financially going to keep up. She's worried about the time and that she's not going to keep the house as clean as, as what she wants or uh, as it should be, or she's not going to be able to do the dishes uh, in time for me to cook dinner, whatever it might be. Uh, it's a stressful time, and we know that we're both going to have to step our game up, but that was the problem. It had almost nothing to do with our current state, <laughs> like nothing to do with what was going on now. It's like, what do you need me to take from you? Well, nothing. Everything, you know, it's not hard what we're doing. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> like if you're not going to let me take anything from you uh, and and help cover and move, what's the issue here? Well, I just don't know how I'm going to be able to do this when baby gets here. Ah, okay. Has nothing to do with the rhythm that we've got now. Has nothing to do with the balance equation that we've got now. Has nothing to do, has a, had a little bit to do with the priorities. Has everything to do with your fear and anxiety of what's going to happen when baby gets here. Luckily, luckily I'm pretty good at getting into the problem and she's really good at communicating with me. Um, she's really good at working through those things with me. She doesn't get overly upset. She was pretty upset, but she doesn't get like, she doesn't shut down anymore. Um, she's very willing to, to work with the problem and, and to, to help me through it. Luckily, before we got too far down the, the rabbit hole or whatever you want to call it, we were able to actually identify the problem. And yeah, it took like an hour, but regardless, for a lot of couples, this is a three, four day fight. For a lot of couples, it's, well, I have to do this eight week challenge. I can't just quit now. I've got to lose the weight. We got money on the line. Like, what's the deal? You know, well, I, I can't do this, 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 and this. It's like, well, okay, well, you don't do this you know, very well. You don't do this very well. You're always doing this. Like you're always playing on your phone or you're always uh, doing your little journal thing, whatever it might be. Why can't you give that up to help me? Like it, it gets very, very tense. And they think that they're fighting about the hours and the seconds and the minutes that they, that they spend in their week and what they spend them on. Um, it's not the actual problem. <laughs> it's just not the problem. At least it wasn't for us. Uh, and I see that a lot. I see that a lot. The problem is not that she's upset that you're spending 80 hours a week at work this week. The problem is she doesn't know when it's going to end. The problem is that she doesn't know that she's a priority because you haven't shown her that because you haven't articulated that. You haven't set anything up in stone to make her a priority. You haven't established a rhythm. It has nothing to do with how much you work. It has nothing to do with how much you go to jujitsu. It has everything to do with the fact that you haven't communicated it in terms that she cares about. It has everything to do with the fact that there's no rhythm to it. And it has everything to do with the fact that she doesn't know when it's going to end. And there's a very good chance that it has everything to do with absolutely nothing that I've mentioned. That, that the lady at work today mouthed off to her and she just needs something to be upset about. You haven't listened to her enough. Uh, the time piece. You haven't spent enough time listening to, to her thoughts about her day. It could be that, okay? Um, women are complicated. You know this, all right? So identify the actual problem. Ask questions. Ask earnest questions. Mean those questions. She says, I can't believe you went to CrossFit again today. Okay, why, why are you upset that I went to CrossFit? What did I miss? Like, did, is there something that I needed to get done? Did I forget about something? 
you know, I know that I can forget about things. What did I forget about? Well, well, you just, you know, nothing really, like nothing really needed to be done. But I, I was just, you know, I wanted you to spend that time with me. Okay. Um, well, we have date night planned tomorrow night. You know, do we need to move date night? Like, are we still good for date night tomorrow night? Well, yeah, but lady at work did this, this, this. Okay. So you wanted, you wanted me to spend time listening to your day about work. You've been anxious since about nine o'clock this morning when the lady at work did this thing. And so it really has nothing to do with me going to CrossFit it has everything to do with the lady at work. Now we found the problem when you could have flown off the handle and said, I go to CrossFit every single day at 4:20. What in the hell is your problem? You could have done that instead. You ask questions and you found the real problem. The real problem is that nobody's listened to her all day. Nobody's cared about her all day. So you listen and you care. And tomorrow when 420 rolls around and you go to CrossFit and you get home, she's very happy to see you. Okay. This is, this is simple. It's not easy. Okay. And I know it's not as simple as what it might seem, but when you get the hang of it, it's relatively simple. You ask questions until you find the real problem and then you solve the problem. Okay. It's not easy. It's simple. Um, so in recap, I know I've been recapping for 20 minutes, but in recap, find a rhythm. Okay. Find a rhythm, give a proportionate amount of weight of your time, money, effort, and priorities where it needs to be. Uh, negotiate with your wife as to where those time, effort, money, and priorities need to lie, where her time, effort, monies, and priorities, money, and priorities are. And negotiate until you find the best possible solution that you're both happy with. And then stick to it. Uh, if there's something that you need to do that takes more time, money, effort, or priority than what she feels like, you need to explain that be fully transparent, give her some sort of end date, or let her know that there is no end date, negotiate until that looks right, um, get a new job if you have to, negotiate until you're both happy, uh, and then stick to it. Be fully transparent, put it in terms that she cares about, and then stick to it. Establish the rule. There can be exceptions so long as there is a rule. I promise you that. If you establish a rule, an exception is not that big of a deal. Most people never take the time to establish the rule and then find the real problem. I, this, this is going to be like every single episode, guys. Uh, when we're talking about stress between a husband and a wife, I'm going to mention this every single episode. Find the real problem because I guarantee it's not what you started arguing about. Like like 70% of the, ch- 70% of the time, especially when you're dealing with a woman and maybe that's not okay to say, but my experience, your, your mileage may vary, but especially when you're dealing with a woman, the problem that you're arguing about right now, if it's, you know, 30 seconds into the argument, that's probably not the correct problem. I'll just go out on a limb and say that. Uh, it's probably not the right problem. Okay. Not to say that women are, are like, aren't direct or whatever. Um, some women are, but I, I'll, I'll even take not even just women with anybody, honestly, with anybody, I think about like minute work. Um, it, it's bad in a marriage, but even minute work, uh, most minute work, the problem is not the real problem. It's not the meeting that you had. It's not the report that you printed. It's, it, it, it's not the real problem. The real problem is that they don't have any authority at home. And so they're going to come and they're going to, uh, throw their weight around at your desk. And maybe you let them do that. And you say, yes, sir, boss, got it. 
Um, but don't think that the first thing that's brought up is the real problem. Almost every time it's not, it's just not, it's not the real problem. So, uh, that's going to be like the end of every episode is it's not the real problem. Find the real problem. Ask questions until you get there. Uh, be gracious, uh, with your questions until you get to the real problem and then help find a solution. So be the solution, uh, take ownership and be the solution. So guys, that's all I've got for you. A little bit of rhythm in the marriage, a little bit of balance. I hope it made sense. Uh, I, I Again, I don't prepare for these, so I, I appreciate y'all giving me the time to kind of work this out in my head in front of the mic um, and still listening to them. So I appreciate it. Go like the Purpose Podcast, the underscore Purpose Podcast on Instagram and share the show. Thanks.